You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. And then today, it's preview Sunday of life groups. We're typically an expository preaching church, but today is a topical message on relationships and on our life and in the change that God puts in our life. But before we do that, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray again. Lord, we're thankful for you. God, we're thankful that you are for us and not against us. Lord, we're thankful that you are a God who loves us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, um, we are in the middle of 21 days of prayer. We've gone through the second week. We have the third week. We meet at 6.30, Monday through Friday, and Saturday we'll end 21 days of prayer at 9 a.m. We'd love for you to join us for that. And if you haven't jumped in fasting or maybe you've gotten off the bike, we're going to help you get back on the bike and finish strong. So join us. We'll be teaching how to pray, and, and we'll also be encouraging you to pray as well. And you know, every new year, there's always resolutions, right? How many of you have had resolutions the past few years? How many of you have failed in your resolutions? There's a survey that actually says 80% of resolutions are given up by Valentine's Day. And so resolutions don't always work, right? Resolutions aren't, aren't always the best thing for change because it doesn't deal with change on the inside. It just deals with a circumstance that we want to be different. But what God wants is he wants a, a revolution. He doesn't want us to have a resolution, but he wants us an internal change where we're different. But you know, sometimes when we, when we try our best to have this, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to end this habit, I'm going to stop doing this thing, we try to do it on our own. But what God wants to do is he wants to change us. It's the same thing that happens when we come to know Jesus. The Bible says that, that we're actually regenerated, we're just, just born again. Jesus said you can't be in the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And so we're made new in our spirit man, but we still live in this flesh. And so sometimes we struggle with life. We have that, maybe you have that one thing that if you knew, if this one thing wasn't in my life, whether it's a sin, a habit, a relationship, my life would all be better. Well, you can be free. You may have been in an area of your life where you feel like you've been stuck and you're in a rut. Maybe it's something that you're ashamed by that you don't let anybody else see. Maybe it's something that, that you, that you know you should stop, but you just can't stop. It could be something private, but could be something public, but you're just like, if this would change, I could, I could, my life would be different. And sometimes we get tired because we have these resolutions that don't work out. And we need, we need a revolution. And you know, when it's important, we don't give in to fear because fear says you'll never be free, that we'll never be free. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen, everybody? And he takes, if Jesus takes the things of the Spirit seriously, so should we. But I would say, for many of you, that it's time 
to make a decision, you know what, 2024, I'm going to be free. Not just partly free, but all the way free. This is the year. I declare that. This is a year of liberty. Liberty in our lives. Liberty in our walk with the Lord. Completely free. But it starts with some steps that God wants us to take. Jesus says this in John 8. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he's talking to the religious elite, and they answer him back. They say, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone, which I find this very fascinating because they mentioned their lineage and how, they, how their descendants of Abraham, they're saying, we've never been physical slaves, but their descendants have. It's a confusing point to make. And Jesus says this, he says, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He's just calling it out. Because they're basically saying, we don't have an issue. And I would say as I bring up this issue about sin to you, if you're saying, sitting there saying, well, I don't have any issue, there's a possibility that's pride on the inside of your heart. And some of you, I, you know, I believe the Lord has set you free, but not all of you. And we want to be people who are free and walk in liberty completely, free from anger, free from bitterness, free from hurt and offense. We want to be free. He continues, Jesus says, Now, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And he says, So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You'll be free indeed. You know, every single sin that there is is always rooted in a lie. Every sin. Go back to Adam and Eve. What was it rooted in? A lie. We don't want to believe the lies of the enemy. We want to believe the truth of what the Lord says. I thought about not bringing this up, but I've had a week, and since I've had a week, I'm going to tell you about it. (laughs) So we got home. I got home from prayer, and uh, I met at the door. There There are bed sheets on the ground from the second floor that have been thrown down. And my wife tells me, hey, we have an issue. I'm like, okay, what, what's, what's wrong? And, and frantic, and she's like, our daughter is sick. She has, and I'm, you know, it's gross, but this is what happened to me. So she, she has pinworms. Do you know when, when you're on an airplane and they say you grab the mask, the dad always puts it on his face first? Well, that's what I did in my mind, because I thought, do I got worms? (laughs) Right? The typical thing is to think about me. Oh, no, we got to clean everything. We got to take care of everything. We got to, we got to fix this. We got to, are we going to be on medicine? How long does it take? What, what, you know, what, what are the side effects? What, you know, all the questions, but really there was nothing to fear, We took her to the doctor. They gave us all medicine. It was one dose to take care of those things, whether we have it or not. But my first response was, oh, my goodness. Is she going to die? Are we, you know, worst case scenario, right? But it's important that we, we have the mind of the Holy Spirit, which is life and peace, 
And really, it was no big deal. It was something I could have been afraid of. Like, <laughs> do I have worms? Right? You know it's okay to laugh in church, right? <laughs> I know it's a little gross, but... It's important, it's important that we, we understand we can't give in to lies. We have to be people of truth and remain in truth. We're born again, but we still have this, we still have this sinful flesh. So help me, let me help you explain this a little bit more. You and I, we, we have a body that we live in. We have a soul, that's our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's where we make the choice. And then there's our spirit. And we're alive in Christ, our spirit is made new. But the Bible says that our flesh is in constant war with our spirit. Because the spirit wants the things of God, but the flesh wants the things of this world. Because it's, it's, it's fun to have enjoyment and pleasure. And the flesh wants to do things that are contrary to God because we live in this sinful world. We have to make a choice. No, I'm going to be free and I'm going to walk in the will in the way of God. Even the Apostle Paul, he struggled with this. He said in Romans 7, he says, I don't understand myself at all for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. He continues, and he says, I've discovered this principle of life later in the chapter, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. Sin has power. This power makes me a slave to sin so that will, that, to sin that is still within me because we live in the flesh. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who will free me? And the answer is Jesus. He says that in the next verse. But it's important if we decide we're going to be free, there's some steps that we have to take. Even David talks about this. We can't, we can't hide forever. We can't hide the things that we struggle with. In the areas of life that we need to be set free from, we have to tell people, we have to tell God. Proverbs 28 says this, whoever conceals their sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. There's two places to confess sins, and I just mentioned them, but John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us, from all unrighteousness. God will all day long, he'll forgive us and wash us clean, make us new. He's our dad. He wants to know us. He wants to ha us to have a relationship with him. That's, you confess your sins to God, you are made righteous, right standing, justified, just as if I'd never sinned before him. But in James chapter 5 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. Confess your sins one to another. That sounds like a hard thing to say, right? Hard thing to hear, to confess your sins. Like, there's some of you right now in your mind, you're thinking, I'm not telling a soul. <laughs> Ain't happening. Why? Because we're created for connection, but we drift towards isolation. This is what we naturally do. 
First Peter chapter five says, "Be alert and sober. Your enemy, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." So this is what happens. Go ahead and put the photo up there, the first one. This is what's going on. You know, the lion won't attack the herd because they'll get killed by all the kicks of the zebras. They're waiting, prying around to, around to see who's alone. So let's show the next photo. So then this happens. They see the, they see the one that is astray, and the devil doesn't just use an attack to just try to kill you all the time. He, he'll try to do it with, with sin and, and lies and deceit, and he'll get you on the run. Where you think, I can't let anybody know I'm going to run as far away from everybody else as possible. And then what happens? It's too late. I love this photo. It says, love nature. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what happens is we get isolated. And then it's too late. We have a taste of death. And that's the struggle. You know, we go to God for forgiveness, and that deals with the things that we've done so we can be free. But we go to His people so we don't remain in that thing again. And I can tell you, when I was 19, I mentioned I was struggling with something, and I wasn't set free until I told somebody. And it was almost like a supernatural chain was just broken. Because I shared it with somebody else. God wants to use his people for healing. Because it brings accountability. It's like the, your accountability buddies. Everybody needs an accountability buddy. We all need that. We need that. We need that in our life. And really... I love this Jahari window. It's these psychologists that it's their two names merged together for this explaining this thing in life that we all have, these four areas of life and our relationships that impact all of us. The first one, the first one is this, the arena. It's I know and you know. It's what everybody knows what's going on, right? I think about the scene in Gladiator where they're in the, in the arena. Everybody knows what's happening. Everybody knows what the outcome is eventually. You know and I know. Jesus says this in Matthew 23. Everything that they do is for people to see. He's speaking back about the Pharisees and Sadducees that we mentioned earlier. He says they make their phylacteries wide. The phylacteries, they were just the book of the law written on their heads And they just made it real big so everyone could see, hey, I have the law on my head. I have have God's law here. God doesn't want a a law that's external. He wants his law to be written internally on our hearts. And it was all to be seen. And it says they make their tassels on their garments long. That represented prayer. It's them saying, look at me, I pray. Really weird. Look how spiritual I am. And we all, we all have this struggle in our life, which, which there's only some things we let people see. 
God wants something that's real in our heart. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law, Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. So he's saying you're like a tomb that's been painted white, which looks beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're full of bones and, and dead and everything's unclean. We don't want that for ourselves. So that's that first window. The second window is the mask. It's the things that I know, but the things that you don't know. Right? Everybody has this to a degree of we put on a face where we don't let everybody know what all's going on and what's happening on the inside. Someone says, how are you doing? You say, doing good. I'm doing okay. And you're really not. We all have that mask. I would say some of us, we have secrets, but we don't want to be exposed. Psalm 32.3 says, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Then I acknowledged God, my sin. You did not cover up my iniquity. And he said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave my guilt of sin. And then if you continue reading that psalm, David is actually a lot lighter. It's more beautiful. It's not as depressing. It's important we confess our sins. It's important. Let's make this a year where we're going to tell people what we're struggling with. And I feel some resistance now because this is dealing with an area where some of you don't want to give this up. You don't want to tell somebody else because you think... If I tell somebody else, they'll think I'm crazy. But I would say this is what C.S. Lewis says about this. He says, friendship is born at the moment when a person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. You need relationships. You need to get in a life group. Life groups are a place. It takes the the big church and makes it small. It's it's where you can get real with people and know they're not going to gossip about you. They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to harm you. They want to help you because they see you as a brother and sister in Christ Jesus. It's important that we lean into relationships. Colossians 4 says this in verse 12, Epaphras is one of you. They didn't even know this guy. A servant of Christ Jesus sends his greetings. He is always wrestling for you in prayer that you may stand firm in all the will of God, and be mature and fully assured. This guy would wrestle in prayer for people that didn't even know him, but, he, but he's heard about them. Who knows we need people in our corner who are wrestling and praying for us. There's a lady at a ch- church in the Brookville area, and she, in the 80s, the Lord told her to start praying for the Potter family, who's my wife's, that's my wife's family. And so this lady, she's still alive. She prays every day for every family member by name. Now, something to know about my wife and know about her family, my wife is number nine of ten kids. Everyone is married now. There's only one couple that has one kid. There's like 36 grandkids. One of the grandkids has gotten married. But this lady keeps, she keeps a list 
of all the names, and she prays over our names every day. You need that. I need that. I'm thankful that this lady I don't know is praying, but we need people that we do know that are praying. And so you know there are people in my life, as your pastor, I ask to pray for me. Because I can't do this, I can't do this on my own. You can't do life on your own. You need somebody in your corner who is going to wrestle in prayer for you. We need to humble ourselves. You know, the Bible says, submit to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee. Well, his word says to tell people what's going on. If we want the devil to flee, we have to submit. We don't submit half-heartedly or, or not all the way. We have to submit all the way. Like, dive all in. Like that old cheesy song. I'm diving in, I'm going deep, get over my head, I want to be. Right? Little Stephen Curse Chapman. Saddle up your horses. Terrible music. That song, I don't like the horse song. We want to dive all in. We want to give it our all. Jesus gave his all. He did. He gave his all for you and I. Why wouldn't we give it back to him? I encourage you. Let this be a year where you're free. Free indeed. That's that second window. But the third window are blind spots. That's the things that I don't know, but the things you do know. Right? That's, that's where you got that boogie hanging. Right? You got the hanger. You don't know. You need someone to love you enough to tell you the truth. You need somebody to say, your breath stinks. You smell bad. I told Pastor Ross that on Tuesday. And he, his response was, thank you that you love me enough to tell me. Right? He said, oh, well, thank you for telling me. I'm going to get a mint. I'm so thankful for that. But we need to accept what people tell us with our blind spots. Now, sometimes you'd be like, nah, that's, you're just off there. But the scripture says this. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Oh, you're doing great. You're doing good. Ah, no, there's nothing you need to change about that. A real friend will say, you need to quit cussing. You need to quit speaking death over your marriage. You need to quit talking to your wife that way. Because you're bringing death into your own life. And into their life, and you're hurting people. You need someone who will stand up in front of you and say, you are crazy about this. And you are wrong. Someone who will love you enough to confront you with the word of God. That's what our life groups are about. Is loving you. Not in a condemning way. You know this is the fear of everybody. Is we are afraid that confrontation, especially in, in life groups, are going to be like this. Oh, don't you dare do that. Oh, you stop doing that. You need to do what's right. And get beat down over and over. 
But that's not how this works. It's as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I need sharpening. I, I have things I don't see. I don't know. I've got, I have at least six people in my life that speak to me directly about stuff going on and tell me, no, you're crazy or you're just, you're just off here. We need people who know what's going on and know how we're thinking. Hebrews says this in chapter 3, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, as sinful, unbelieving heart, turns away from the living God, but encourage one another day as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know that, that it's not just about you getting healed, but God wants to use you to heal somebody else. The fourth area is our potential. That's the things that I don't know and the things that you don't know. But you know the good news is God does know. And what the devil wants, like that last picture I showed you, he wants to squash all potential. That's why, that's why the devil tried to always kill babies, and he's still trying to kill babies, is because he's trying to squash potential of what could be. We need one another. We need one another to be sharpened. Like I mentioned before, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I just want you all to see, we need people. I need people. Yes, we all can have a relationship with God, but we can never fall into the lie of saying, just because I've been hurt, Maybe it's church hurt. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a relational hurt that's in the family. Just because I've been hurt, and I don't want to get close again. It's rooted in a lie. And, and you don't want to share with somebody what's going on because you don't want to feel ashamed. You don't want to feel like, I'm crazy and, and, and everybody's going to think ill about me. No, that's not true. It's the opposite. When you share what's going on, People want to be closer to you. Now, I'm not saying don't, don't go to the life groups and just bleh, throw up on everybody immediately. You'll be like, my dog is dead. My wife is sick. I, I hate my work. I might lose my job. Blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't just do that, right? You want people to see what's going on. Don't, please don't just show up there and, Pastor Derek said to share everything. Blah, here are all the offenses I've ever done. You just want to be real with people. We need relationships. You know, freedom comes in different forms sometimes. And I'd encourage everyone at some point to go through one of our freedom life groups so you can let go of the things of yesterday. But sometimes you need somebody to break a curse over you in Jesus' name. Worship team, you can come on up. Sometimes you just need someone to pray for you. Prayer team, if you could go ahead and come down front. If everyone could stand with me. Look, there's power and authority in Jesus' name. I believe that. I'm not doing this because I don't. I believe it fully. And for some of you, you've been struggling with something, and you can't get free on your own.
But the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to help you. Would you all receive me breaking curses off your life in Jesus' name right now? If you want that, just open up your hands towards heaven in an act of faith. Not being weird, just saying, God, I, I want to give you anger. I want to give you frustration. I want to give you the things I've been struggling with. Past hurts, even things that people have labeled you by. We're not labeled by people. We're labeled by Jesus. You were encouraged by today's talk. Be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.